Hello friends, this is Rich Andre of the Rich Thoughts Podcast coming to you from Blessed John the 23rd Parish in Knoxville, Tennessee. Before Mass begins, I wanted to let you know that this is um, a different kind of homily and I'd like to invite you to join um, our assembly here in praying the scriptures the way I'm inviting people to. So before you listen to this homily, I'd really invite you to get out your Bible and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. And three times um, at Mass, I'm going to give some guided questions, and then um, the person, a lector will read the Gospel passage. And then I'm going to ask people to pray for about two minutes of silence after each time. So if you would grab your Bible now and have that passage handy, each time we get to that point in the Mass, I'll um, include the questions that I give. I won't bother recording here um, the actual gospel passage being proclaimed. ask you to read it yourself. And then, when I ask the question or two afterwards, to sit in silence for about two minutes. So hit pause on this podcast, pray for about two minutes, and then continue on. There will be additional instructions at the end of this podcast for um, how you can pray, uh, possibly with the homily, the way we did at Mass. Thank you. Well, there's a lot to cover, but when I see this much green out there, I apologize. When I moved to Knoxville, I lost my Kiss Me, I'm Hungarian pin. Um, I'm an eighth Irish, but... I'm with you in spirit, but they told me to wear purple today. (laughs) A little bit of green in here. But a lot has happened in the church in the last week. Wow! We have a new pope. And Pope Francis is the first pope from the Western Hemisphere, from the Southern Hemisphere. He is the first pope in 1,100 years to pick a new name that has not been used by another pope. I'm sure you all remember Pope Lando from the year 913. But here's one maybe you didn't hear about. The ecumenical patriarch of Constantinople will be attending the inaugural mass on Tuesday. That is the first time that has happened since the great schism of 1054. Lent comes from a German word for springtime. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent. And you might remember back on Ash Wednesday, February 13th, it was cold. We didn't know if summer was really going to come. But now, there's really this sense of springtime breaking upon us. This is a week of great possibilities. And our gospel passage today is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite passages. And we're going to pray with it in a special way today. a prayer technique that's been around for centuries called simple contemplation. Gregory the Great, Augustine, Basil, Bede, and Ignatius of Loyola all wrote about this. So first of all, what's contemplation? Well, we're going to do it three times during Mass, and when we do it, you're going to sit quietly, maybe with your eyes partially closed, and just contemplate. I'll give you some instructions. And you know, we're in a big group and somebody's cell phone might go off, or somebody might sneeze, or a baby might cry, or if you have midterm exams this week, you might start thinking about them. You just say, oh well, and you bring yourself back gently, you don't yell at yourself, to trying to contemplate. 
Okay, that's contemplation. What's simple contemplation? Well, that is, we're asking you, as you hear the gospel passage, and we're going to hear it three times during Mass, I'm going to invite you to put yourself into the scene as one of the characters in the scene. What do you see and hear as that person? What do you experience? So we'll do this together. That's why a couple of the lights are out to sort of put us more in that contemplative mood. And so that's where we're going. Don't worry, we'll guide it through. You can't mess up prayer. The important thing is to show up. We will now hear our gospel proclaimed for the first time. This time, imagine that you are one of the Pharisees who was bringing the woman in front of Jesus. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? Again, what do you experience as one of the Pharisees in this story? What do you feel? We'll sit in contemplation for a few minutes. We will now hear our gospel passage proclaimed a second time. This time, imagine that you are Jesus in the story. What do you see? What do you experience? Again, what do you experience as Jesus in this story? What do you feel? We will sit in contemplation for a while again. For this third time that we hear this gospel passage, imagine that you are the woman in this story. What do you hear? What do you feel? We will sit in contemplation one final time. What do you experience as the woman forgiven by Jesus? We could argue that all the characters in this story were motivated by what they called love. They had wildly different ideas of what love was, however. The scribes and the Pharisees would probably claim that they were motivated by love of the law. They were trying to trap Jesus because they felt that he was undermining the scriptures. But their love of the law took a back seat to vengeance and politics. The Torah called for the testimony of witnesses and for punishing both people engaged in the act of adultery. The scribes and the Pharisees were more interested in tripping up Jesus than fulfilling the law. We know next to nothing about the woman in this story. Even if she loved the man with whom she committed adultery, she did it at the expense of the man to whom she was married. And where was her lover now? He apparently made little attempt to defend her as she was being dragged to her death. She was now an object, subject to a game of brinksmanship among religious authorities. But Jesus of Nazareth shows us another vision of love. A love that treats every person as a beloved child of God. Not only was the woman's life at risk, 
So was his. The scribes were looking for ways to entrap him, to condemn him for violating the law. Yet, in the face of the political pressure to respond, Jesus disengages from the debate. A scene that begins in chaos, noise, and the possibility of death ends in calmness, quiet, and a chance for new beginnings. No matter how terribly we have been treated by others, no matter how gravely we have sinned, Jesus also gives each of us the opportunity for a new beginning, a new springtime, if you will. When we acknowledge our pain, our sins, and our loneliness, we allow it to be transformed by the warmth of the Son's love. At the Mass, after this short homily, the music ministry and I did a rendition of the song called The Rose. I'd like to invite you, if you have a chance, to go to YouTube or iTunes and search for The Rose by Amanda McBroom, M-C-B-R-O-O-M. I think that recording will help you pray with this. Thank you, and God bless.